Welcome to the Slam Radio Podcast, featuring The Michael McCoy Show. Boom! Oh, man. So I'm coming into the studio, right? And Frank tells me, hey, Mike, you know what? I got a surprise for you. And I'm thinking, is this a surprise guest that I don't know about on my own show? And I'm like, okay, cool. I got an intro now for my own show. This is pretty dope. I had no idea. Thank you, Frank. Thank you, Frank. Thank you, Larry. Uh, you listen to the Michael McCoy Show here on Sirius XM Channel 145 Slam Radio. I'm your host, Mike McCoy, and I am in studio for the very first time. Haven't been in studio since last March, Larry. COVID sucks. COVID really sucks. I haven't been in studio, in a studio since um, WVUM last March, and then COVID hits and everything goes remote. And I mean, Larry calls me up last week. He says, Mike, you want to come on here? I said, I can't. This is an opportunity I can't pass up. Of course I'm coming. So here we are. Got a loaded show. I'm really excited. Got Ian Hess calling in. Actually, we're going to call Ian and uh, talk some NBA hoops. We got Phil Rosumana, my buddy, uh, former Kane. Well, current Kane. We're all Kane. This is going to be like a Kane Layden show. He's going to talk some NFL 4. We're going to talk about the draft. We're going to talk about um, wait, 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 hold on. Frank, he's a Laker fan? Uh, you didn't tell me this. You told me you knew him, and but you didn't tell me nothing about wait, the Lakers. Wait, 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 wait. I know him, but he never told me he was a Laker fan. What the hell is going on here? He's a Laker fan. Like, why Why is he even on the air if he's a Laker fan? Wait, I'm so... And then we can't even ask him <laughs> a question I wanted to ask him. Now he's now I know he's slanted towards the Lakers. You're a Laker fan. You didn't tell us this. Who's a Laker fan? Oh, you're not a Laker fan? I'm a Bulls fan. Oh, oh, oh I hate okay. even more. I thought you said you were a Laker fan. You scared me. No, 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 no. I'm not a Laker fan. Oh, okay. I know, I know Laker fans. Oh, no, oh, no. oh, okay. That's better. Can you imagine my time here throughout the Bulls and, you know, the big three area, the heat? It was pretty It was pretty annoying. But, no, uh, me and Hess is going to call in. And um, then we got Ryan Leaf joining in the last segment of the show. He has an incredible story. I can't believe you got story. that. Yeah, man, I can't believe it either. Uh, really nice guy. Just texted for confirmation a couple minutes ago. But here we are, guys. Let's kick it off with some NBA hoops. And, I mean, there's a lot to talk about. And you want to know what? I still find it hard to kind of get into this season. And I'll tell you why, guys. It's, I mean, I brought it up before on the show. But I feel that this season is kind of more unpredictable. We're probably going to have some more issues than we did even last season when the season was interrupted. We had the longest season ever in NBA history. It was like a whole calendar year. But why do I feel that way? Because we're in COVID right now. So, there's no bubble. Um, I don't know if there's going to be some type of bubble throughout the playoffs. I'm not sure if that's been announced or not. But, you know, the in and out with the lineups, the, the, the uh, insecurity, and you don't know what's going on, who's going to play day by day, it's kind of hard to, to measure a team. So it's kind of hard for me to get into the playoffs. But I'm sorry, not the playoffs, the NBA season. But with that being said, um, I'm still keeping up. And um, there's a couple notes that I wanted to go over because – I'm watching Steph Curry last night, and isn't he playing like an MVP? He's playing like an MVP. He's playing like the best point guard in the NBA. That's how I feel. And so in a, in a three-point-laden era in basketball, and, you know, that's all that matters. You, you got a three-on-one. I was told ever since, you know, day one playing basketball, you got a three-on-one fast break, go to the cup, go to the hoop. No, not anymore, not today. You're, you're spotting up for a three. A long two-pointer is a bad shot nowadays, and so – um, let's talk about Steph Curry for a little bit, man, because, like I said, he's playing at an MVP level. I saw him last night, and I don't know if you guys are aware, but um, he's, averaging, he's averaging 28 points right now, okay? He's averaging 28 points. He's shooting the three ball at about 40, 42%, and I made a long, you know, kind of reached out on a limb before the season started, said he was going to be the, the MVP, knowing that it was going to be a long shot because – Let's be honest, the, 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 the Warriors are probably are going to make the playoffs as the eighth seed. 
seventh seed, a lower seed, you know, in the, in the Western Conference, or not make it at all. And we all know that the MVP voting is kind of like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, uh, popularity contest. And so if you're not in the playoffs, you're probably not going to, you know, get awarded for that. And I, to me, that's annoying because I feel that it should always go to the best player on, on whatever team, whether it's the best team, whether it's whatever. What does that team look like without certain, without this guy, right? And it, it really annoys me because it takes me back to when Russell Westbrook averaged a triple-double for the first time. And the Thunder did not make the playoffs, and he obviously didn't win the MVP award. I thought that was wrong. I know he didn't make the playoffs. Yeah, nobody pays attention to that. But where would they have been without Russell Westbrook? He's clearly the best player on that team, clearly the best player in the league at that point. Um, I know it's easier now to average a triple-double than ever. Okay, we're seeing James Harden do it. We're seeing Russell Westbrook do it, even though that's slowed down a bit. But it's still a triple-double, and the NBA, if it was that easy, everybody would be doing it, right? But um, Steph Curry's playing out of his mind right now. Last night, he went off for – I have it here, and my internet is kind of slower. And I'll bring it up, but that's my thing. He's playing at an MVP level, and although he's probably not going to get MVP votes, he definitely should, man. I, I hate that whole narrative that, you know, you, you got to be the best player on the best team. Says who? I don't like that at all. Um, something else I wanted to go over, and I'll bring up Steph Curry's stats in a second. Um, my Chicago Bulls. How about that? They're, they're looking pretty good. Look, Billy Donovan, and I know I'm not in the market to talk about the Bulls, but I'm going to talk about them anyway because uh, nobody expected this, even the resident Bulls fan here. They are sitting at 8 and 11, just a few spots at the A spot. Uh, who holds the uh, A spot right now in the Eastern Conference? This is Charlotte Hornets. That's another team that's kind of surprising people. And the Cleveland Cavaliers are also 10 and 11. Those are the two teams holding down the bottom of the Eastern Conference at the seventh and the eighth seed. You got the Hawks at 10 and 10. The Pacers 12 and 9 at fifth. The Celtics at 11 and 8. These records are just so almost everybody's hovering around 500. And you would think that in a regular uh, NBA season, that wouldn't be the case. Like I said, a lot of uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Un uh, uh, no stability at all in terms of uh, your your roster, your your lineup day to day, and you know got guys moving in and out. So it's kind of hard to to gauge a team. But still, uh, with a lot of pieces that are, were just kind of put together there, the Bulls sitting at eight and eleven, and I'm happy. All right. Um, how about this Brooklyn Nets trio of absolutely created insane players? Um, that Brooklyn has managed to put together. To me, and look, I know we just got finished seeing Splash Brothers plus KD. I get it, okay? But how many trios, how many elite scoring trios have you seen in your day that can top these guys? I have these guys ahead of the Steph Curry, uh, the Splash Brothers plus KD trio in terms of lethal elite scoring. I would take this trio, even though they just got put together. They're looking like they've played for 10 years, okay? James Harden, if I'm not mistaken, has, uh, I, th I think, four triple-doubles so far in his time uh, with the Brooklyn Nets. And, I mean, listen, this is a guy that said if he was moved to the right situation, he would absolutely change his style of play. I didn't believe it, but something has to be said about playing with people that you want to play with. Do you remember when everybody said Chris Paul and he were not going to work? No, they didn't win a championship, but it absolutely did work, okay? It worked because they were unstoppable. They were shooting threes more than the, more than the, more than the, uh, the Warriors were. And I have a stat here I want to share about that. This is actually one of my projects for my finals in my last semester at Miami. 
And so um, I wanted to talk about the three ball and how it's changed the league and, you know, so on and so forth. I'm not breaking any news here, but I think these numbers that I'll bring up in a second, um, they're pretty impressive. So, yeah, man, the, the, these guys, listen, if each of them, any of them can go off for 25-30 in their sleep, if they're on their game, all three of them, I mean, the bench doesn't even have to do much. One of them is going to be on the floor maybe at, at, at one time or the other or at least two of them, and at least, at, at least as one of them is on the floor at any given time, you, I mean, you're good to go, okay? You, you're talking about elite one-on-one scores that can either shoot the three ball, which all three of them can, they can drive the lane, which all of them can, they can get to the, they can get to the free throw line, and uh, what's defense? It doesn't even matter right now. It really doesn't matter, and these guys, listen, man, I, I, I'm, I'm pegging them to, uh, to at least get to the Eastern Conference Finals, but I don't know if I'm picking them to even get to the finals, it's too early of a prediction right now. I know I tweeted that maybe last week, but how about those Doc Rivers-led Philadelphia 76ers? That's the other thing I want to talk about, and we're going to talk about this with Ian Hest as well, who's going to join us in the next segment. We're going to give him a call. And um, remember when everybody said that Joel Embiid and or, well, not and, but or Ben Simmons needs to go because they can't play together? You want to know why I never understood that? Because isn't that the essence of basketball? Don't you need a facilitator and a finisher? Even though Joe hasn't been the best finisher, that's what he is between the two. Okay, Ben Simmons isn't going to finish a game. Uh, what I like about Ben Simmons' game is that you know what you're going to get, and you still can't stop it. You can't stop it because of the simple fact that you know he can't shoot. He's going to go to the cup, right? He's going to go to the cup, but with his left hand, because he's left-hand dominant, and you still can't stop him. To me, that's dominance. When you know what's coming, you still can't stop it. To me, that's dominance. I love Ben Simmons' game, elite perimeter defender. And so um, Doc Rivers finally has those guys playing up to where they should be. They got some shooters finally. That was their problem in recent years, even with Jimmy. Uh, not, to, not that Jimmy was a shooter, but Jimmy can do it. We've seen Jimmy get hot. We saw it last October in the finals. J.J. Redick, but it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. They are finally playing like a team, sitting atop the Eastern Conference at 15-6. and six but those Brooklyn Nets are coming at 14 and 9, man. So um, how about Lonzo? Not Lonzo Ball. I said Lonzo Ball, who, by the way, is being rumored to be uh, traded to the Bulls. But his younger brother, LaMelo Ball's a big reason why the Hornets are sitting at eighth place in the Eastern Conference. As of right now, he's the undisputed rookie of the year, right? <laughs> he's the undisputed rookie of the year. So um, I like his game, man. And you, How can you not root for that guy? A lot of people want to take out what uh, his father, Lonzo, not Lonzo Ball. What's his dad's name? I could never remember his dad's name. La, um, Lamelo, isn't it? No, wait. What? Wow. The, Lamar? Isn't it Lamar Ball? Lavar. Lavar. There you go. Lavar. I can't remember either. You want to know how I remember that? <laughs> because there was a meme. Lavar in Spanish. Wash, right? Wash, right. Wash your last. Ah! Last I see what was, you did that there. Was, that was funny. That's why I, I should never forget that last name. But anyway, Lavar Ball. A lot of people wanted to take out their frustrations on his sons. Which I mean, to me, he's a great dad, man. You get. All this hype for your sons. One of them didn't quite make the league, but he had a chance, and that's all you can ask for. But LaMelo Ball, man, he's doing things with the Hornets. I think he's the undisputed right now um, rookie of the year. And you want to know who's balling quietly that nobody's talking about? Well, probably because the Pelicans are losing is, is Zion Williamson. Like, Zion Williamson is, is absolutely balling, and he's having a, a hell of a, a second year with, I want to say, 23, almost 24 points a game. But these are just some thoughts that I'm kind of uh, uh, going with. And we're going to go ahead and take a break here. Pace and Bulls are going to be back. We should have Ian Hest on the other side of the break. 
Really, really good guest. Joined me a couple times on Hurricane Warning with WVUM. Knows the stuff about round ball. We're going to talk to him in a little bit. So keep it locked. You're listening to The Michael McCoy Show on Sirius XM, channel 145, Slam Radio. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM, 145, Slam Radio. I get it. Your desk has been there for you. Holding up your computer, your unused stapler, and that plant you forgot to water. But maybe it's time to leave your desk and spend your lunch break volunteering with Meals on Wheels. Doing Meals on Wheels for me is the joy that I look for at the end of my week. I'll come to the door with one meal and I'll walk away with a full heart. Drop off a warm meal and get more than you expect. Volunteer at americaletsdolunch.org. That's americaletsdolunch.org. Brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. Man, I love my kids so much. I once sat for three hours in the cold rain to watch her soccer team lose by 18 goals. I love my kids so much, I once used a tube to suck snot out of her stuffed nose at 3 a.m. You win. Love your kids? Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat. From toddlers to tweens, visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to find the right seat for their age and size. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. We'll be back with the Michael McCoy Show on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. Who, me? Text and whatever, just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. Good morning, amigo. Josh Gordon is suspended after his fiasco for violating terms of conditional reinstatement. He tried to play that one off by saying, I'm going to step down. All of a sudden, it caught up to him mighty fast. He failed the drug test, didn't he? Said he was predicting he was having mental health problems by virtue of knowing he was in trouble. No, he knew they were about to knock on his door, which is he wasn't able to run out of the house fast enough. They are going to knock on his door? Or would they, I mean, could they at least ring the doorbell? Let me describe this to you. Frank is... Oh, oh yeah. Oh, I... That, that, that's uh, scaringly accurate. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. My mother was always very active and independent, and she was familiar with her neighborhood. But one day, she stopped at the stop sign for much longer than usual. She wasn't even really sure where she was at. It's important for you to talk to someone about it. I felt so much better after my son told me, Mom, we'll figure it out. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash ourstories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. If it wasn't for Michael Jordan getting cut from his ninth grade basketball team, he wouldn't have became Michael Jordan. <laughs> You know, if it wasn't for, uh, I seen an, an article the other day where they were talking about Oprah Winfrey and how she got fired because she wasn't good for television. You know, you got people like Walt Disney who got fired, if I'm not mistaken, from a newspaper saying he had no imagination. So what do you tell them? You tell them, you know? You know that, that all they can do is learn and come back bigger, better, stronger, because all it's gonna do is lead you in the right direction. See, if you're always winning, then you don't really understand what it is to win. You, you gotta take those losses, you gotta take those hits. There's gotta be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs. In order for you to, when it does happen, you go, wow, que rico. You know, this is what it's all about. And not only that, it's never about making it, guys. It's always about maintaining it. 
That's the toughest part. On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. This is WWE Superstar The Big Show, and you're listening to Slam Radio. For every sport of every kind, tune in here where you will find. And now we're back with the Michael McCoy Show on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. That was a an awesome first second. I can't believe I'm in a radio studio, man. You should see the backdrop. I tweeted it. Anybody that's listening right now to follow me or that does follow me, um, underscore, I'm sorry, UM underscore radio Mike. And it's like I was telling Larry, I wouldn't leave. I wouldn't go home. You got Brickle in the backdrop. This is ESPN in front of me, couches. I'm not going anywhere. But um, you're listening to the Michael McCoy Show on Sirius XM Channel 145 Slam Radio. Thank you for everybody that's tuning in right now. The first time in studio, uh, this is a recorded show. So this, this Amigo reached out to me and said, hey, Mike, want to come in next Wednesday? I didn't even think about it. I said, hey, I got to come in. It's the first time. I haven't been in studio since last March. And here we are. So we're going to continue the conversation on the hardwood. And um, our next guest, awesome, awesome follow. If you don't already follow him on Twitter, I suggest you do. Knows this thing about the round ball situation. Big Heat fan, and he is not, don't, don't put him in a box. Do not put Mr. Ian Hest in a box because he's a big Inter-America fan. Um, Inter-Miami fan, I'm sorry. Loves soccer. Hurricane alum, WVU alum, WVUM alum, and has uh, joined me on my previous show, Hurricane Warning, on campus. Ian, good morning. How you doing? I'm good, man. Congratulations on, on getting to sit in the chair. Dude, it's, I, I wish you were here to see it, man, because I know you came into the studio one time on campus, and thank you for that. I'll never forget it. And we had a good time. But this, like I said, the backdrop is amazing. It has me kind of wanting to go to the beach afterward. <laughs> but thank you. <laughs> well, How you enjoy been? It. Enjoy the view. I'm good, man. I'm good. Thank you for having me. No problem. No problem. Let's get right to it, Ian, because you are one of the few people I trust when it comes to basketball opinion. You have a very open mind, and you make people think with, you know, or at least make me think that the last time that we were talking. You had me feeling we were talking about bigs, I remember specifically, and I called the honest a big, and you're like, well, Mike, is he really a big? So it's things like that that Ian kind of makes you think about. But Ian, I wanted to ask you first, man, because I said in the last thing, I'm having a hard time kind of getting into this NBA season because of the in and out of lineups and what COVID has done. And I said at the beginning of the season, you think you saw something last year? This year is going to be worse with all the uncertainty and, you know, guys are not in a bubble. Can you imagine if you have a playoff series and you have a, a guy that has to sit out? That would absolutely stink. So, I mean, how are your thoughts so far on the NBA season, man? Yeah, I, I think you're spot on there, Mike. I, I think that this unpredictability is exactly what you should expect. Expect the unexpected. Um, and we've seen that already. The Utah Jazz are at the top of the Western Conference standings right now. I don't think that either of us. <laughs> think that they're the best team in the Western Conference. Right. You have some teams that have allowed fans back in, uh, courtside parents and all. You've had others that haven't. So there's a difference. You've had some teams that have to play with uh, full rosters, and you've had others that have gotten games postponed mm -hmm. and allowed players to come back from injury when those games have been delayed. So it's a very uneven playing field. Right. And that's, that's basically what we have to expect. I think that everybody should, uh, you know, I, I always kind of hate the asterisk argument. Um, but to a certain extent, this is less even of a playing field than it yeah. was yeah. in the bubble. And we're seeing the results play out in real time. I mean, you can look at, uh, of the eight teams that made conference semifinals last year, right? The, mm -hmm. the Clippers, the, the Lakers, the Nuggets, the Rockets, the Heat, Celtics, 
uh, Raptors, right. and Bucks, only two of them currently have a record above 600. Two of them are currently out of playoff position, and the Rockets are barely holding on right now, mm-hmm. and the Jazz are a game and a half out of being out of the playoffs. So th- this is a very uneven playing field compared to what we saw last year or the year before. Yeah, man, and I mean, I, the last thing you want, okay, the last thing you, you want, because we all like to see the best players play uh, the biggest games. And like I said, the last thing you want is to have a situation where somebody's not going to be available. You wonder how the NBA would, would handle that. Let's say it's the fun, let's say worst case scenario happens, right? You got game seven and some key players that can't go because of COVID protocols. What do you do if you're Adam Silver? Do you play on? Do you postpone the game for two weeks? Uh, how do you think that would happen? I know I'm putting you on a spot. I think hypothetical. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. I, I, I know. I think, I think you have to at this point. I think that you've made your bed and now you have to lie in it, mm-hmm. right? Because you can't say you got to this point with this uneven playing field and now we're going to change it so that the best players play. True. And Jimmy Butler has played eight games this entire season, yeah, yeah. right? So, and Kevin Durant missed all of last year, right? So these things happen, and, I, and you understand it. But if you're going to treat COVID as though it's just an injury, mm-hmm. if COVID protocols are just treated the same as injuries, then they have to be treated just the same as injuries. You can't keep these postponements just so that COVID protocols are followed and you can get LeBron into the finals at Game 7. Right? You've decided that this is the process that you're going to go about. Sure. Whether you like that or not, and personally, I don't like that. I don't know what the heck we're doing. But <laughs> if you've decided that the money matters more, the Game 7 of the NBA Finals or last year game six of the NBA Finals matters more than player safety and player health, then you've made a decision already and you can't adjust per situation. You can't say, oh, well, if you made the All-Star team, then we get to delay the game. But if you didn't, well, you don't matter as much. No, good point. You're right. If you made a decision, you can't switch the rules in the middle of the game. Good point. I like that. You are listening to the Michael McCoy Show on Sirius XM Channel 145 Slam Radio, joined by my buddy Ian Hest. Knows this thing, as you can tell, uh, when it comes to NBA basketball. So we're going to keep the conversation going. And, Ian, I got to ask you, man, you know, James Harden is the net now. And I said in the last segment that I know we just got finished seeing this Blast Brothers plus KD. I get it, okay? We've seen other very good uh, scoring trios. The Heat were a very different scoring trio with the big three. I think they're probably like the most explosive and athletic scoring trio we've ever seen. But this trio between KD, Kyrie, and Beard, I think it's the most lethal scoring trio I've ever seen. And I know I'm not even 20 games into seeing them, but they look like they've been playing basketball for 20 years. They want to play together. Everybody was wondering if it was going to work or not, but I think something needs to be or has to be said about guys that want to play together. If you want to play together, you're going to make it work. What's your opinion on that trio? They're coming out of the East. Yeah, uh, I don't, I'm not going to go that far yet, because um, I, I, I worry about the other side of the ball, and I also worry about the mental aspect of okay. it all, because those are three very volatile uh, minds, if you will. Uh, but, yeah, they, they are very proficient scoring. There still is only one basketball mm-hmm. that needs to go into one hoop. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if it necessarily will work to the level that you're talking about. Okay. I think all three examples are very different. The Splash Brothers with KD were a very different iteration than Kyrie, Harden, and KD. And 
the big three in Miami with Wade, LeBron, and Bosch were very different as well because that was a little more balanced, I think, than either of the other two forms. I think that we're seeing the NBA evolve, and mm-hmm. each thing is going to take its own era, its own slice in the, in the pie, and we'll go from there. Uh, do I like how they can score? Is scoring mattering? Yes. Is you know the evolution of the sport going more towards an offensive style similar to the NFL? Absolutely. Right. Uh, and and so we're we're just sort of seeing that in real time. Is it necessarily better than the other ones? I'm not entirely sold on that, okay. but it definitely is the next evolution. It's crazy. I mean, they combine for 90 points as I have ESPN in front of me. This is this awesome setup. <laughs> but um, they combined for 90 points last night. Like I said, I think this is like the fourth time that uh, Beard had a triple-double as a member of the Nets. And it's just they come in waves, man. Uh, I don't even know how much bench production they'll even need at this point. But we'll see. Like I said, a lot of uh, season to be played. And you're right. You, you got to worry about the other side of the ball. Um, that's still something that we play in the NBA even though it doesn't look like it on the scoreboard, is defense. And sometimes I cringe at these 150 to 147 scores, but it is what it is. Um, right, but what, what, I'll say, what I'll say to you on that is how long can it last? Because we talked earlier about these teams that made it further in the playoffs, that mm-hmm. played more minutes, played more games, are now starting to wear down, right. even the Lakers to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. And so I wonder how their freshness can last over a sustainable period. Another good point. You see, this is why Ian's on the show, man. Like, I, I like the, everything that I don't think about. Like, he'll bring, oh, but Mike, you know, playing devil's advocate. Okay. And again, thank <laughs> you for that. Um, the three ball. I, so I did – this is uh, something I had to do for a final in the fall semester. And so um, it was a statistics class. So I said, I'm going to do it on a three-point and how much it's changed the NBA. Uh, you talked about the evolution. And I just want to give you some numbers because it still blows my mind that in – where is it? Right here. So here it is. Okay. I, I did an article called The More the Merrier, right? It was talking about the, the Splash Brothers and how they were shooting the three ball. Um, Curry has the most three-pointers made in an NBA season. I believe it was 402 during the 15-16 season. He shot it at a 45.4% clip. Very good percentage. But it wasn't even good enough to win the championship that year. Okay? The Cavs won it, and they shot the three ball at 36% as a team throughout the season. So... Um, the amount of three-pointers being made right now, being taken, okay, is insane. What does that do to the big – because th- I feel that the big man is going to come back, okay? Everything, you know, fashion trends, everything's a trend, up and down, you know, whatever. I feel the big man is going to make a comeback because I, it just has to. It's an advantage. I mean, the, 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 the bucket is 10 feet in the air, right? You have a seven-footer. You got to take advantage of him. I get it. The, you know, it'll slow down the game or whatever. But if you have these new-age bigs like a Wiseman say – or DeAndre Ayton, I mean, how does that does that bug you at all? Because it really bugs me to see a, a seven footer floating around the three point line. Well, let, let's remember first off that Curry lost that championship with a layup at the rim yes. that got blocked off a of backboard. Yes. So, uh, and so for all the talk about the three point line, it was lost literally on the backboard. Um, and, and so I think that you're not going to like this answer, but <laughs> I don't see it coming back. Uh, you're going to see your Bam Adebayo's, you're going to see your James Wiseman, you're going to see your DeAndre Ayton, your Zion Williamson, these big guys mm-hmm. that can play point center, right? We used to talk about point forward, right? and we were amazed that that could be possible. 
Now you're going to start seeing point centers. Now you're going to, I mean, there's still debate as to whether or not Kevin Durant is seven feet tall or not. <laughs> you're going to start seeing these seven-footers that, that are able to hold the ball and control a game. Sure. The, the Shacks of the world, the Tim Duncans and, and uh, David Robinsons and all of that, that's gone. Right. So you might see a wave of big guys that come back in this new class that we've seen, the names that I mentioned previously. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that you're ever going to see the the back down, you know, (sighs) throw it down into the post guy, Hakeem Olajuwon styles again. I think that those days are done. I miss that. And and that's what happens. That's also what happens when you make one shot worth 150% more than another shot. Yeah, yeah. There's more value that goes to doing that so do that because if i make two out of every three shots from beyond the arc that's the same as making one out of every two shots from inside of it very true very true um before we go we gotta wrap it up in a little bit but i wanted to ask you uh your thoughts on you know the heat there's been a lot of talk maybe not so much lately but especially during the offseason there was bradley beal what's going to take to get him if they decide to make a you know uh, uh, trade. You see, I pay attention to Twitter a lot, and there's a lot of Heat fans that would not give up certain guys that would give up the house for you know for a, for a Beal and playing him alongside uh, Butler, which would make for a pretty dynamic backcourt. But um, what's your temperature on that? Because I figure you'd be one of the best people to, to ask. Yeah, I think that, you know it's definitely an interesting proposition, both from an on-court and an off-court situation. He fits very much in the Jimmy Butler mode of disgruntled guy, but is sort of that heat-type player, that mm-hmm. gritty, like, wanting to wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning to go to the gym, and you're like, what are you doing, dude? Like, he's that <laughs> style of guy. Um, so I think that he makes sense for heat culture when you talk about that. Okay. I know that some franchises roll their eyes at that. The question is, what do you give up? I wouldn't give up the house for him. Uh, and really, the tipping point sort of here is Tyler Hero. Right. And I, I'm, I'm conflicted on it because I really like Tyler here. I think he's a great player and also fits the Heat style of play okay. and has large upside and has been very promising. He's a Kentucky guy, so he's a Pat Riley guy. Yeah. And you, you, you sort of have to make that determination. I think that he's really the litmus test. If you are willing to give up Tyler Hero plus other things, for Bradley Beal, then you say yes. If you're saying, I'm just going to give up other things, but I can't get rid of Tyler Hero, then you're saying no. And that's really where I think the, the wings change on that. Got it. Got it. No, I, I hear you, man. Um, trade deadline is normally late January, February, around the All-Star break. I'm not sure if that's shifted since, you know, we have a condensed schedule in the NBA now, but it's going to be worth uh, – paying attention to whenever that time comes. Ian, thank you very much for joining, man. I hope it's not the last time. No, obviously, man. Congratulations again. Happy to be on. Thank you very much for your time. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to the Michael McCoy Show on Sirius XM Channel 145, Slime Radio. Keep it locked. We'll be right back on the other side of the break. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM 145, Slam Radio. I get it. Your desk has been there for you, holding up your computer, your unused stapler, and that plant you forgot to water. But maybe it's time to leave your desk and spend your lunch break volunteering with Meals on Wheels. 
Doing Meals on Wheels for me is the joy that I look for at the end of my week. I'll come to the door with one meal and I'll walk away with a full heart. Drop off a warm meal and get more than you expect. Volunteer at americaletsdolunch.org. That's americaletsdolunch.org. Brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. Man, I love my kids so much. I once sat for three hours in the cold rain to watch her soccer team lose by 18 goals. I love my kids so much, I once used a tube to suck snot out of her stuffed nose at 3 a.m. You win. Love your kids? Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat. From toddlers to tweens, visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to find the right seat for their age and size. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. We'll be back with the Michael McCoy Show. On Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. Who, me? Text and whatever, just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. Good morning, amigo. Josh Gordon is suspended after his fiasco for violating terms of conditional reinstatement. He tried to play that one off by saying, I'm going to step down. All of a sudden, it caught up to him mighty fast. He failed the drug test, didn't he? And he was predicting he was having mental health problems by virtue of knowing he was in trouble. No, he knew they were about to knock on his door, which is he wasn't able to run out of the house fast enough. They're going to knock on his door? Or would they, I mean, could they at least ring the doorbell? Let me describe this to you. Frank, it, oh, oh, yeah. Oh, I... That, that, that's uh, scaringly accurate. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. My mother was always very active and independent, and she was familiar with her neighborhood. But one day, she stopped at the stop sign for much longer than usual. She wasn't even really sure where she was at. It's important for you to talk to someone about it. I felt so much better after my son told me, Mom, we'll figure it out. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash ourstories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. If it wasn't for Michael Jordan getting cut from his ninth grade basketball team, he wouldn't have became Michael Jordan. <laughs> You know, if it wasn't for, uh, I seen an, an article the other day where they were talking about Oprah Winfrey and how she got fired because she wasn't good for television. You know, you got people like Walt Disney who got fired, if I'm not mistaken, from a newspaper saying he had no imagination. So what do you tell them? You tell them, you know? You know that, that all they can do is learn and come back bigger, better, stronger, because all it's gonna do is lead you in the right direction. See, if you're always winning, then you don't really understand what it is to win. You, you gotta take those losses, you gotta take those hits. There's gotta be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs. In order for you to, when it does happen, you go, wow, you know, this is what it's all about. And not only that, it's never about making it, guys. It's always about maintaining it. That's the toughest part. On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. This is WWE Superstar The Big Show, and you're listening to Slam Radio. For every sport of every kind, tune in here where you will find. And now we're back with the Michael McCoy Show on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Hope everybody's having a great Wednesday so far. If you're kind of confused, you should be. I mean, the show normally airs on a Monday from uh, 
what is it, 3 to 5? Yeah, from 3 to 5. But I'm here live in studio at uh, Slam Studio headquarters in Miami. Got a Brickle View behind me. I think I'm going to hit take a dip later on. You're listening to the Michael McCoy Show on Sirius XM Channel 145 Slam Radio. Going to switch things up a little bit and talk about some football for the rest of the show. But we're going to talk about the guys that don't get paid, supposedly, right? We're going to talk about those guys first. And then we're going to talk about the pros in a little bit. Got Ryan Leaf coming up in the last segment of the show. Can't wait for that. Thank you for Ian uh, Hess calling in on the last segment, imparting his knowledge. Smart guy, man. Smart guy talking hoops. And again, don't put him in a box because he's more than just an avid basketball fan and writer, good storyteller. But he's a big-time soccer guy. Uh, loves Inter-Miami. So um, you want some good content, go follow him on Twitter, at Ian Hest. And so um, you want to know what today is, college football fans? It used to be... Christmas morning, okay, uh, the first Wednesday, I'm sorry, the first, yeah, the first Wednesday of February, but not anymore. It, today's National Signing Day, guys, if you were not aware. I mean, I'm looking at ESPN right now in front of me, and I have SportsCenter on. Normally, on a National Signing Day, it would be littered and just overwhelmed by high school recruits, you know, and, you know, where they're signing and signing shows and all that stuff, but no, I'm talking, I'm looking at the screen, and they're talking about uh, the Super Bowl, which we're going to talk about later on today, but um, today is National Signing Day. Wow. And so really quick, I want to talk about the rankings of the teams of the top 10 heading into today. I don't have the updates with me right now. I mean, those come fast and furious. So going into the day, uh, the rankings, the team rankings in terms of the signing classes and where everybody stood for 2021 were as follows. So is there any surprise that Alabama's at the top? I don't really think there should be with their total of 26 commitments. Again, coming into the day, 26 commitments. Seven of those guys were five stars. Whether you believe the stars that matter, I'm sorry, stars matter or not, it's still uh, a label that you have to recognize. Five star players, they have commitments from seven of them. And double that if you're talking about four-star guys. They have 15. Again, this is coming into the day, and I'm not sure how much this has how much has changed so far? It's almost 1 o'clock, so some guys have probably already sent in their national, uh, uh, their letter of intent, So um, and, and three four-star guys. So they're number one. Ohio State, number two, the two teams that just competed for the national championship just two weeks ago, and absolutely, um, Bama absolutely boat raced those guys. Do you, do you realize that Bama scored 104 points in two games? And I'm not talking about 70 here, 30-something there, no. 52 in the ACC championship game, 52 in the national championship game. Those guys were – and on top of that, they played 11 SEC games. It's the first time that's ever happened. 11 SEC games – listen, I don't care if it's, you know, you play uh, whoever, the bottom barrels of the, of the SEC. It's still a tough schedule, okay? That's supposedly the toughest conference in the nation. I say supposedly because, uh, trust me, I'm not one of these guys that – do the conference pride thing. I really don't give a damn <laughs> about the ACC, especially with how they treat the University of Miami. But I say supposedly because, I don't know, I like to piss off the SEC folks. Or Georgia, you got them at number three with four five-star guys. Um, LSU, kind of surprising, but they got two. They're, they're at four, two five-star guys. Clemson, five. Oregon, six. USC, seven. Uh, A&M, eight. Notre Dame, nine. 
Michigan 10, Michigan, really interesting, they decided to extend a Jim Harbaugh that has yet to beat Ohio State throughout uh, his time there the past, wow, it's been like, what, five years, I want to say, Jim Harbaugh's been there? They extended him. And you want to know I was happy to see that? I was happy to see an administration not give up on their coach because we see that way too often that, okay, you got three years, you got four years, you're out. I, I, I just don't think that's the way to do things uh, if you're trying to build a program because especially knowing that recruits sign with who? They don't sign with the school that they fall in love with. They fall with a position coach that they fall in love with or a head coach that they fall in love with, a coordinator, whatever the case is. So why not try for continuity, right? I mean, it makes sense to me. I don't know. Maybe it makes too much sense. Common sense isn't, you know, a thing that much nowadays. But it's like an arms race, you know. You, and the teams that have the, the, the most, the biggest pockets backing them, the Texases, the, all these teams that could afford buyouts, it's like, you know, it's they are going to make it an arms race. And Texas is doing big things with the hiring of Sark. Um, we got to talk about the Canes and where they stand because no drama going into National Signing Day for the Miami Hurricanes. And that is a really good feeling to have because for the past forever, I mean, now that I think about it, it's always been some uneasiness with with Miami Hurricanes fans, uh, me included, with, okay, are we going to get a commitment from this guy coming today? Or is there going to be a hat trick? Are we going to get left out in the dust? Are we going to be left at the altar like we're used to? I remember a signing day that I called out from work for because I just had to see Matthew Thomas, that linebacker from Booker T. Washington, commit to Miami. And I'm thinking, you know what? This, this is a bunch of crap. I'm never doing this again. And from that point on, I still follow recruiting, but not, not to that extent, not to calling out from work. Pissed me off, man. But, um... Miami sitting at, uh, according to 24-7, with the nationally, uh, the 12th uh, ranked class nationally. And listen, if you ask me, I'm looking at this list. I don't know how it's only 12. I don't know how it doesn't crack the top 10. You got studs all across. And you want to know what? You got studs from right here in the 305. Everybody is talking about, you know, keeping guys home. And Miami, Miami did that. Miami did that with, uh, with their signing class this year. Leonard Taylor, the best defensive tackle in the country. James William, one of the best athletes or the best rated, highest rated athlete in the country. Both five-star guys. Jake Garcia, listen, the hype surrounding that guy, the quarterback coming in from California. We all know about how uh, uh, quarterbacks from California are highly rated, and that's where you go to get quarterbacks. This guy, listen, if he lives up to all the hype, then we have – we have Dan Marino in the makings that can move. We have Dan Marino with legs because Jake Garcia is mobile. He's only listed as a four-star. My favorite recruit of the class is probably Romello Brinson. I mean, you think of Miami, you think about speed, you think about flash, pizzazz, swag, all this. A receiver from Northwestern, 6'2", 180. Listen, I hope he's everything that Tommy Streeter, Aldarius Johnson, all these guys were supposed, were supposed to be. I'm still hurt about Brian Hightower leaving. That one hurt. So hopefully more. And, and, and on top of that, Miami really doesn't have height at the receiver position. So Romello bringing a little bit of that at 6'2", 180 as the 25th ranked uh, receiver in the country, uh, according to 24-7. You got Jacoby George at 5'11", a speedster. Lawrence Seymour, Miami got big-time commitments from every position pretty much across the board. They're building depth, quality depth. It's probably going to see the field sooner than a lot of people think, man. Uh, we're going to talk with Chris over at Ken's Legacy in a little bit a guy that is a contributor for Kane's Insight should be calling in in a little bit, and we'll get his opinions on a lot of things. Kane's football on the other side of the break. We'll talk about recruits. Um, but, man, 
there's a lot more to be excited about than just National Signing Day. Uh, I wanted to talk about these coaching hires that Miami has made. And let me tell you something. If you're not paying attention, if the national media isn't paying attention, and I get it, Miami makes noise every offseason, especially since uh, Coach Diaz has been hired. He's like, you know, Mr. Offseason King. I get it, but this is different. This really is different, and I'll tell you why. Because when you have high school recruits that actually believe in the vision and they're not – listen, nothing's proven yet, and I get it, but these hires that they're making are hires like never before, okay? These are young guys that can relate. I heard – I forgot where I heard it from. I'm in a chat. I'm in, I'm in a couple chats, actually. A couple of Canes fans know their stuff. And in one of these chats, I read or heard that uh, – T-Rob is one of those coaches that will go and kick it with these guys in their dorm. I mean, how can you – that's what it's about, okay? When you can relate to these guys – remember, you're talking about a guy that went to Miami Coral Park Senior High School, uh, graduated class of 98 or 99. I can't remember. He was a senior when I was coming in, okay? And so um, local guy, he's a cane at heart. And uh, with Josh Darrow had a podcast a couple – well, I think last week, right after he got hired with Josh Darrow – and he said it was between Miami and Auburn, but the reason he chose Auburn was because he knew he wasn't he probably wasn't gonna get, going to play ahead of guys like Andre Johnson or corners that were coming in because T-Rob was a two-way guy in high school, played receiver and corner. And so he did match up against Andre Johnson, okay? He did play against Frank Gore and all these guys that were in high school at that time. Roscoe Parrish was at Miami High, so on and so forth. I'm dating myself, but who cares? Um, these guys are, are recruits, and now his buddy, Travis Williams, was an all-ACC linebacker. He's the linebacker's coach. Bob Shoup is coming in with old man wisdom and knowledge saying, hey, this is what I think. And, oh, by the way, we still got Ed Reed, uh, you know, overseeing things. Not overseeing things, but giving his insight and input on things. Listen, I think that what is being built at Miami is a monster. It's something that's going to be built to last. And one thing you got to say about Manny Diaz is that he is always – two to three steps ahead of the game. And I'll give you one example before I switch gears here and uh, we drop off to the other break. Remember when Jess, Jess Simpson, another guy that came back, okay, from the NFL ranks, left to go to the pros, to go with Atlanta. Nobody really knew about him leaving. You didn't hear, it wasn't even a blip on the radar. You didn't hear about it. But the same day he was uh, announced as going, if I'm not mistaken, announced to be going taking his talents, his coaching talents to the NFL, okay, the same day Coach Manny Diaz is like, oh, wait, here, you know, we have a, a replacement D-line coach, don't worry about it, the same D-line coach that put Mario Williams in the NFL. Oh, okay. I mean, what can you say about that? Like, he, he knows, he has the pulse of this program, okay, and he's a guy that you have to respect because how do you allow guys like Banda and um, Blake Baker to go without having to fire them? You, that's no, look, I'm assuming, assuming those guys had a buyout, that's no money coming out of the pocket from the University of Miami. And I'm sorry, that has Manny, Manny Diaz fingerprints all over it, all over it. And if you don't see it, that's fine. I do. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not claiming to be 100% right. I'm not an insider. I'm just calling it like I see it, putting the pieces together, and it makes sense to me. So um, I love this. I love this. He's building a monster, a sustainable beast that's going to be here for a long time. Miami's coming, guys. Miami is coming. We're going to see names uh, big-time names that are interested in Miami, serious about playing here like we've never seen before, and I'm all here for it. I want to say, I'm going to put a prediction out there, that Miami's going to be able to compete, and I mean seriously give a threat to top names in the country. And I'll start off with Clemson because they're in conference. Not this season, 
But I want to say next season when all these incoming guys are sophomores, I think Miami is going to be a uh, – you're going to have to talk about them. You're not going to have a choice but to talk about them on a national stage, and I can't wait to piss off the nation, man. But I'm um, going to step aside really quick. I have Chris from Kane's Legacy. I should be calling. He should be on hold in a little bit. And uh, just keep it locked. We'll be right back on the other side of the break. You're listening to The Michael McCoy Show on Sirius XM, channel 145, Slam Radio. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM 145, Slam Radio. I get it. Your desk has been there for you. Holding up your computer, your unused stapler, and that plant you forgot to water. But maybe it's time to leave your desk and spend your lunch break volunteering with Meals on Wheels. Doing Meals on Wheels for me is the joy that I look for at the end of my week. I'll come to the door with one meal and I'll walk away with a full heart. Drop off a warm meal and get more than you expect. Volunteer at americaletsdolunch.org. That's americaletsdolunch.org. Brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. Man, I love my kids so much. I once sat for three hours in the cold rain to watch her soccer team lose by 18 goals. I love my kids so much, I once used a tube to suck snot out of her stuffed nose at 3 a.m. You win. Love your kids? Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat. From toddlers to tweens, visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to find the right seat for their age and size. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. We'll be back with The Michael McCoy Show on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. Who, me? Text and whatever. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. Good morning, amigo. Josh Gordon is suspended after his fiasco for violating terms of conditional reinstatement. He tried to play that one off by saying, I'm going to step down. All of a sudden, it caught up to him mighty fast. He failed a drug test, didn't he? Said he was predicting he was having mental health problems by virtue of knowing he was in trouble. No, he knew they were about to knock on his door. Which is, he wasn't able to run out of the house fast enough. They're going to knock on his door? Or would they, I mean, could they at least ring the doorbell? Let me describe this to you. Frank is... Oh, oh yeah. Oh, I... That, that, that's uh, scaringly accurate. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. My mother was always very active and independent, and she was familiar with her neighborhood. But one day, she stopped at the stop sign for much longer than usual. She wasn't even really sure where she was at. It's important for you to talk to someone about it. I felt so much better after my son told me, Mom, we'll figure it out. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash ourstories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. If it wasn't for Michael Jordan getting cut from his ninth grade basketball team, he wouldn't have became Michael Jordan. <laughs> You know, if it wasn't for, uh, I seen an, an article the other day where they were talking about Oprah Winfrey and how she got fired because she wasn't good for television. You know, you got people like Walt Disney who got fired, if I'm not mistaken, from a newspaper saying he had no imagination. So what do you tell them? You tell them, you know? You know that, that all they can do is learn and come back bigger, better, stronger, because all it's gonna do is lead you in the right direction. See, if you're always winning, then you don't really understand what it is to win. You, you got to take those losses. You got to take those hits. There's got to be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs. 
in order for you to, when it does happen, you go, wow, que rico. You know, this is what it's all about. And not only that, it's never about making it, guys. It's always about maintaining it. That's the toughest part. On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. This is Dak Prescott, and you're listening to Slam Radio. And now we're back with the Michael McCoy Show on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Listen, man, I'm, I'm being hooked up. I, I have, I don't, I feel like I don't deserve this. I got intro music. I'm not used to this. I'm not, I feel like a celebrity. I feel like a professional here. You're listening to the Michael McCoy Show on Sirius XM Channel 145 Slam Radio. Frank is hooking it up with the intro music. Thank you so much for those of you that didn't catch the beginning of the show. Um, he said, Mike, I got a little surprise for you, man. I've been asking him, hey, Frank, can you get me some intro music, man? I, I, I need this to enhance the show. And he's just dropping some bombs, some haymakers. So thanks again, Frank, in the, other, in the, in the uh, producer room. Um, we're going to keep it going with Kane's football talk. Specifically, we're talking a little bit of nas- about National Signing Day, uh, trying to talk about a little more national stories. But listen, if you don't follow me on Twitter um, and you don't know that uh, I'm a big Hurricanes guy, you I mean, you should know. I mean, you're listening to the show. But got Chris from Kane's Legacy on the line, contributor for Kane's Insight. Guy really, really knows his stuff. Um, I suggest you give that account a follow at Kane's Legacy. Chris, man, we're going to talk some Kane's football. How you feeling, man? How's it going? Happy New Year. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. I heard that intro music. I was like intergalactic kind of vibe to it. I like that. <laughs> I was about to pop down and do some push-ups, man. I feel like I'm at the gym. But um, thanks for calling in. I really appreciate your time, man. Chris, I wanted to talk to you because you are one of the guys that you just, you know your stuff when it comes to Canes football. You um, analyze things. You don't knee-jerk. You kind of take things for what they're worth, and you take an uh, like a bird's-eye view of everything, and you're not biased. So, again, uh, thanks for calling in. That's the main reason I wanted to speak to you. I'm going to let you freestyle here. I'm going to throw something out and just, just go with it, man, because these hires, what? Is it that is going on at the University of Miami with these hires? The momentum that Miami has built up in the past couple of weeks with these, um, you know, Travis Williams, T-Rob, you got Shoop, you got Jess Simpson coming back. Today's National Signing Day, not a peep, nothing's going on. Uh, what's the temperature at Kings football, man, in your eyes? Talk to me. Well, honestly, you know, looking back over the past two years, I think the number one thing that we've been looking for as fans is, you know, progress, right? Like, mm-hmm. we just want progress. And after 15 years of us being in a rough spot, you know, not having those big-time um, additions and not having a coaching staff in the right spot and, you know, kind of just waiting and waiting and waiting. Right. Um, last year, when Manny made those offensive changes, it was like, okay, all right, I see that. I, I see what he's doing there. I see the guys he's bringing in. He's not just bringing in random dudes. Like, like really, honestly, like the staff kind of was at the start. But he's bringing in former offensive coordinators. He's bringing – bringing in a, a former head coach as the offensive line coach. He's bringing in Rhett Lashley, who everybody wanted, right? right? Then this going into this, you're like, okay, now we're rolling. And the offense did. The offense was different. It was new. It was exciting. Derek King signed on because of those offensive guys you brought in. Um, but the defense had struggles, which is going to happen when you improve the offense, you change the offense. Mm-hmm. Now everybody starts shifting that attention. And when we did, we saw things on that side of the ball that needed attention. You know, things that some yep. fans had kind of kept in the back of their minds for a while, but – um, when we saw the, the discrepancies there, then we looked back at Manny and we said, Manny, what are you going to do? And I, I think a lot of people had that doubt in Manny because they yeah. say, well, it's his friends, it's his this, it's his that. Um, at the end of the day, those guys that we had doubts in are gone. 
and they're replaced by people who I, I mean, I'm, I can't find a single person who would put any doubt on T. Rob's name as a defensive back coach, no defensive back coach. I can't find a single person who would put doubt on T. Will as a linebackers coach. Sorry and, to and interrupt I you, Chris, really quick. Sorry to interrupt yeah. you. I can. I can, somebody that tweeted or disliked about it. But that's a different story for a different day, calling out the 101st-ranked defense in the country that T-Rob was coaching last year. But go ahead. I just needed to put that out there. Uh, people that bring up, like, well, it was this, what was that, it was, it was T-Rob as a defensive coordinator running must-champs defense, uh-huh. which uh-huh. is an entirely different situation than what he's going into this year. So it doesn't even – I'm not even thinking about that. It, makes, it doesn't have any correlation at all. And then – and then you got Jeff Simpson, who probably has the least amount of doubt because we exactly. saw what he did with the defense. That defense was as good as any we've had in the past two decades. And we know that he's able to find guys as a, as a recruiter that other people aren't even looking at. Getting mm-hmm. Jared Harrison Hunt, who's right on the verge of being a monster on a defensive yep. line. So, I mean, we, we, we made changes that not only will affect the, the, our ability to improve the quality of the guys on the roster, but without a doubt, will allow us to bring in guys next year and the year after, and as long as these guys stick together, um, to up the overall amount of talent. And I know people are like, well, the blue chip ratio is pretty good so far. Yeah, but blue chip ratio and, like, bringing in guys that actually, like, have the Miami mentality who can succeed here is a totally different animal. So, like, you can't tell me that getting a guy like Jeff Thomas, while an amazing physical talent, uh-huh. would be the same as getting a guy like Romello Brinson, who maybe not as physically gifted as a Jeff Thomas, does way more for Miami yep. uh, by bringing him in and keeping him home than, than Thomas ever did. No, I totally agree with that. I was just talking about uh, Sim- not Simpson, uh, Romello, for instance, in the last break before you joined us, and he maybe with Thad coming in, those two are like my favorite recruits in the offseason. But when I think of Miami, I think of speed and you know all that stuff, uh, receiver, and so that's probably why he, I'm leaning towards more Brinson. But listen, I. Everybody has always said it. You keep the guys, you know, around here, and you you'll succeed. Uh, Jeremy Shockey, I think, was quoted as saying that in the thirty for thirty. Look, you just bring the guys in in the local area. Miami won't lose for twenty years. But I wanted to ask you, man, in terms of uh, between Williams and Robinson, their connection. It, it just seems like because it's 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 when you commit to a school, you're committing to not only the program and coaches and everything, but to a culture, and that is going to be completely different. I've seen in. The biggest story from year one to year two in terms of Manny Diaz and how things are going to change, yeah, we had some hires that were, you know, needed to come in, but it was the culture issue. And if that cancer, how Manny quoted it, was gone, I didn't think a year was going to fix it because, listen, there was still some coaching, uh, you know, that remained from the Rick era, but Traverius Robinson sounds like a hurricane, okay? Uh, Travis Williams looks like a hurricane. He tweeted that picture of himself with the uh, with the turnover chains in the background. He looks like a freaking hurricane. These guys look like they want to be here. That has to count for something. It does. It definitely does. And, and I think uh, I saw Reggie Youngblood um, posted something about Miami bringing in coaches that are young and can relate to the players. Mm-hmm. Like, like it's a novel concept for the past couple of decades. And, you know, we forget how, like, you know, there's a lot of ways to, to, to cook this, like, this meal, right? And there's a lot of different, like, facets that can go into it. And, but at the end of the day, we have to figure out what we are and what we're not. Mm-hmm. We're not going to be Alabama. We're not going to hire former NFL head coaches at every position. We're not going to do all of that. But, you know, my University of Miami has never been that. We have to get the coaches who have, like, a distinct ability to connect and teach kids, who can find good players out there and can bring them into the university. And at the end of the day, we'll eventually move on to bigger and better roles. Right. That's how that's how you improve the quality of the team. That 
you get a guy who's just as hungry to do well for two years mm-hmm. and get a defensive coordinator job as anybody else. There you, go. you start getting coaches that are complacent, the player's going to get complacent because mm-hmm. they're like, oh, this is good enough. So I don't, like, that, at the end of the day, that's really what it is. Like, I want T-Rob to go get a defensive coordinator job next year because that, that's going to be a way to sell the rest exactly. of the coaching staff. Exactly. That's going to be how you get your next guy. I want T-Will to get a D coordinator job down the line. I want J- Jess Simpson to get like a low-level head coaching spot in a couple of years. That's how you build the program, and not by saying, well, we'll kind of keep it the way it is for a while. Like, no, it's, it's changing and improving every single year. Let me, and by the way, you're listening to the Michael McCoy Show on Sirius XM Channel 145, Slam Radio. Thanks for everybody that's been with us throughout the top of the show at noon. Got Chris with Kane's Legacy calling in. We're talking, if you can't tell, we're talking about Kane's football and, you know, the recent moves that have been made by Manny Diaz and company. Let me play devil's advocate to your point, Chris, because just in the segment, I'm sorry, in the segment prior, I was talking about coaching stability. Because gone are the days of Bobby Bowden and Mickey Andrews and, and, and Frank Beamer and uh, Bud Foster, guys like that have, that were together for years and years. And, you know, I'm thinking for Miami to, to, to build this monster that Manny Diaz wants to have, this sustainable monster that he talked about in one of his press conferences, I think you need that. But at the same time, it's 2021. Guys are moving on. After a couple years here, I mean, we talk, We always talked about Red Lastly, oh, we'll be lucky if we have him for two years. Well, he'll definitely be here for year two. What about year three, you know what I mean, or four or five? That's what I want to see. And I agree with you. I'm, you were here agreeing uh, with the fact that it's good if these guys succeed because if they're wanted, that means Miami's on, 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 the, on the national spotlight for something positive. What do you talk about? I mean, how important is stability or, or you know, having somebody in the wings? What do you say to that? Well, having someone in the wings is a key part of it. You know, like stability, like the chance of it being across the board, every single guy sticking around, every single guy, you know, being a part of the program for four or five years, it's just not the way that that football is in 2021, like you said. So it's having people who are next in line to go and get that opportunity or having a lot of people on the outside who are kind of banging on the door to come in and then again, you know, take things forward and improve things and move things to to a further level. Like, you know, we think about like, all these head coaches who have won at University of Miami, and there has been some consistencies, but mm-hmm. the consistency is always with the style and the way that they push the players and relate to them. True. That's always been the, the consistent point, and they're bringing in talent constantly from the local area. Um, I, I fully expect there to be guys like Lashley who move on, Robinson who move on, Williams who eventually moves on. The key would be having them who, are, who they could teach and show mm-hmm. how to continue on the progression so that when they do leave and someone else comes in, it's just a matter of plugging them in, you know, making improvements, making changes year to year, and then, of course, getting better, which is honestly why, like, bringing in Coach Shoup as a yes. defensive analyst, like, I know some people kind of talked about it, like, as a big deal, and some other people are kind of ignoring it because the flash year hires are more so Robinson and Williams, but especially, like, coming in as, like, a, a quote-unquote analyst, right. but... I really think you get a guy like that, like you said, I, I believe your, your term in the, before the last break was old man wisdom. <laughs> like that's, that is exactly right because you're bringing in a dude who has so much experience, who has brought so many players up to the NFL level and has ultimately that, that mentality of, you know, like I'm, I'm here to help the people around me right. get to a higher level, mm-hmm. right? So that's, if we have a guy like Shoup, I have no doubt that he'll be able to take those coaches that we have and train them just as the players are getting trained, okay. so this thing can keep on pushing into the future. Okay. Okay. No, good point. And, I mean, I, I love the hire, man. I mean, look, 
every time, and you know this, I'm not breaking any news here, and so should everybody else that pays attention to Kansas football. Every single offseason since Manny has been here that the change has needed to happen, the change has happened. I don't know about you, but I thought at the time of the hire, it was the 100% right hire. Everybody knew that we needed to get you know rid of John Richt. He goes, need a quarterback guy. What does he do? He goes to Bama where you just tutored Tua to, to Tungavailoa and made Jalen Hurts look really good before he left to go to Oklahoma. And you get a quarterback whisperer. Nobody knew what was going to happen. You know, in hindsight, okay, it didn't work out. But at the time, it was the right move to make, okay? That happens. You get an offensive coordinator. Year two, that offensive coordinator didn't – I'm sorry, year three, that offense – or, yeah, year two, that offensive coordinator did, didn't work. Boom, you get Rhett Lashley. That's working out great. Blake Baker didn't work. Had two seasons here. Okay, boom. You move him on to LSU. Or not you, not, not that you move him on to LSU, but you kind of <laughs> – like I said, I think Manny had a, a, a hand in that, however it may be. And I'm no insider or anything like that. It's just the way I see it. But the pieces are – they're here. They're coming together. I, I can't even tell you what I'm most excited about. I'm not, I'm not sure if it's T-Rob coming home and, you know, getting cornerbacks. I mean, you're in Miami. You should be able to throw a rock and, and, and have a quarterback – I'm sorry, a cornerback committed in your class, and we haven't had the best of luck with that. But Travis Williams, the guy raps on freaking on, on Twitter. I mean, I, I don't know what I'm most excited about. What are you? Well, I mean, honestly, like – when when it looked like Baker was going to stay, you know, the big issue I had was that, you know, the worst unit on the team, in my opinion, the worst mm. unit on the team by, like, quite a wide margin yeah. was bringing the same staff back, and that, that concerned me. And, you know, we haven't had a linebacker's coach who was just a linebacker's coach. No, like, recruiting coordinator, no this, no that, since 2013. Like, that's, mm-hmm. a, that's a long yeah, time yeah. to have someone Jeez. with either, like, recruiting jobs or defensive coordinator jobs it's been a long time that you haven't had someone whose job it is to teach those linebackers to get better without any other thing getting in the way of that. Right. So that is, that is the might. Cause when our linebackers are playing well, we tend to play well. Yep. When the defensive line, the linebackers and the safeties are all like in unison, like things tend to work out mm-hmm. in the cornerback room. I, you know, I think we have some talent there. I think we have some issues with getting the most out of the talent. Okay. And I know like we aren't bringing in big names, but I know we will soon with how T Rob is going to play it. Right. But you know, I feel like all that other stuff, like if you get that, that battery of the defense rolling, the tackles, the linebackers, and the safeties, uh-huh. we're, we're hard to beat because that's really where we've been at our strength when yeah. we've been really, really yeah. good, including uh, four or five years ago when Manny first had that defense moving together. T-Rob is going to have green tree, as the as youngins say, lit. <laughs> um, I don't know, but that, that whole that podcast with Josh Darrow, and, you know, he was bringing up things like bump and run and man coverage and physicality and – I'm thinking, oh, my God, that's Miami football. You sound like a hurricane. He sounds like a hurricane. Uh, guys aren't going to be or shouldn't be playing out of place anymore. We're going to see a lot more physicality uh, all across the board. And, you know, it's just a matter of time. I think Miami is going to be – I was saying in the last segment, I think two to three years is a good uh, number. And I hate to do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. Um, to be serious, serious, serious contenders – in the ACC versus Clemson, because Clemson probably isn't going anywhere anytime soon. And so uh, I don't know about this year. Who knows? There's always a surprise team. But um, one thing I do hope for and expect is for the win total to increase. And before I let you go, I am going to put you on the spot. I hate to do it, but I got to, man. (laughs) Um, Do you have the win total upping from last year? For what, eight and three last year? Mm -hmm. I think we, I think, I think nine and three is like 
probably our our low. Okay. So I would say nine and three, up to eleven and one. And I know it, it sounds you know sounds just like me just saying, oh yeah, go Canes, we got it. But mm-hmm. um, I think nine and three is our floor, honestly, just based upon talent, based upon consistency from last year on the offensive side of the ball, and with an expectation of the defense getting better. Like it, it really took. Even the North Carolina game where we completely fell off the earth yeah, in terms of defensive play, we still could have won the game. Like, there were still, like, yeah. parts no, no, of the no. game where uh-huh. I was saying, you know what, we're, Oklahoma yeah. State, obviously that game was winnable. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's two right there that – and that was with an, an atrocious mm-hmm. defense. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, don't, I don't feel like 9-3 and three is, is even being optimistic. I think that's very realistic. And I think 10-2 and two with a game that we're losing the, like, one big one, whatever that, that one is, but – you know, how, depending on how it goes. But I think 10-2 and two is very attainable. And personally, I know that everyone's like, oh, we got to catch North Carolina. I, I don't think we have to catch North I Carolina. I think, we have to, I think we have to just play up to our skill level. I, I agree. I don't, I, I don't look at North Carolina and say, oh, my God, it's a big, bad monster no. in the Coastal. They're not. No. They lost to Florida State last year. Yeah. And, and honestly, they played their best football, the best football game they've probably played in their history against <laughs> us. And I, I'm not – I'm not concerned about North Carolina, even them beating us two years in a row. No. It's not like it was when we were playing Florida State every year and Florida State was rolling us with Dalvin Cook. It's, it's a different thing. Absolutely. So I'm not looking at that as a loss like a lot of people are. So, I mean, I would say that 9-3 and three to 11-1 and one range is, is reasonable. Okay. I mean, I don't think we're national title contenders yet. Right. Um, I think if we got in the playoff, it would be kind of humbling. But, <laughs> but um, other, other than that, like, we'll see what happens against Bama. Right. I'm sure we'll probably lose, but – just be competitive, show that we have some guys that can go out there and compete with them and play, and, and I'd be optimistic the rest of the run. That is September 4th. Where you're going to have a countdown on your, um, on your Twitter account. Guys, again, follow the account. Um, I think it's run by more than just one person, but uh, Kane's Legacy, they're going to have a 200-day uh, countdown when it's 200 days away from kickoff, which is September 4th in Atlanta, Georgia. I plan on being there. You should, too going to be should be fun should be interesting bama appy state michigan state and central connecticut state are the out of conference games from miami and then you have the regular acc slate following that chris man i know it was last minute and last uh minute notice but thank you very much for making yourself available i really appreciate your time no problem and it's like you said that the countdown we started up on uh the 16th february 16th is 200 days away and we're doing the best 200 players since like then or like really we're calling it the title era so like since 1980 when like Kelly and those guys came in. So okay. um, I, I assume there's be a lot of people arguing about where we play certain <laughs> guys. So I'm sure it'll be fun. You can't expect anything less. Again, I thank you very much. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be back on the other side of break. We're going to pay some bills. You're listening to the Michael McCoy show on Sirius XM channel 145 slam radio. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM 145 slam radio. I get it. Your desk has been there for you. Holding up your computer, your unused stapler, and that plant you forgot to water. But maybe it's time to leave your desk and spend your lunch break volunteering with Meals on Wheels. Doing Meals on Wheels for me is the joy that I look for at the end of my week. I'll come to the door with one meal and I'll walk away with a full heart. Drop off a warm meal and get more than you expect. Volunteer at americaletsdolunch.org. That's americaletsdolunch.org. Brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. Man, I love my kids so much. I once sat for three hours in the cold rain to watch her soccer team lose by 18 goals. I love my kids so much, I once used a tube to suck snot out of her stuffed nose at 3 a.m. 
You win. Love your kids? Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat. From toddlers to tweens, visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to find the right seat for their age and size. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. We'll be back with the Michael McCoy Show on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. Who, me? Text and whatever, just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. Good morning, amigo. Josh Gordon is suspended after his fiasco for violating terms of conditional reinstatement. He tried to play that one off by saying, I'm going to step down. All of a sudden, it caught up to him mighty fast. He failed the drug test, didn't he? And he was predicting he was having mental health problems by virtue of knowing he was in trouble. No, he knew they were about to knock on his door. Which is, he wasn't able to run out of the house fast enough. They are going to knock on his door? Or would they, I mean, could they at least ring the doorbell? Let me describe this to you. Frank is... Oh, oh yeah. Oh, I... That, that, that's uh, scaringly accurate. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. My mother was always very active and independent, and she was familiar with her neighborhood. But one day, she stopped at the stop sign for much longer than usual. She wasn't even really sure where she was at. It's important for you to talk to someone about it. I felt so much better after my son told me, Mom, we'll figure it out. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash ourstories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. If it wasn't for Michael Jordan getting cut from his ninth grade basketball team, he wouldn't have became Michael Jordan. <laughs> You know, if it wasn't for, uh, I seen an, an article the other day where they were talking about Oprah Winfrey and how she got fired because she wasn't good for television. You know, you got people like Walt Disney who got fired, if I'm not mistaken, from a newspaper saying he had no imagination. So what do you tell them? You tell them, you know? You know that, that all they can do is learn and come back bigger, better, stronger, because all it's gonna do is lead you in the right direction. See, if you're always winning, then you don't really understand what it is to win. You, you got to take those losses. You got to take those hits. There's got to be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs. In order for you to, when it does happen, you go, wow, que rico. You know, this is what it's all about. And not only that, it's never about making it, guys. It's always about maintaining it. That's the toughest part. On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. This is WWE Superstar The Big Show, and you're listening to Slam Radio. And now we're back with the Michael McCoy Show on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. That was fun. That was a lot of fun. We talked about football for the first couple segments, first four segments, talked about the guys that get paid and supposedly the guys that don't get paid. I love saying that. It just makes me laugh. But you're listening to the Michael McCoy Show on Sirius XM Channel 145 Slam Radio. I am live in studio for the very first time. Thanks to Frank and the Amigo for calling me and say, hey, Mike, you want to do a live show? How can I? I <laughs> well, yeah, Amigo's taking all the credit, doing it, taking it away from Frank. But I mean, I'm used to it. I just kind of <laughs> nod and smile and be like, sure, bro, whatever makes you sleep better at night. <laughs> there you go. But guys, thanks again. I got this beautiful backdrop city of Miami behind me. I feel at home in my arena. So thanks again for that. We're going to... Uh, we're going to keep it NFL-related, and uh, 
talk NFL football with a good buddy of mine, Phil Rosumano. He is the sports editor at the Miami Hurricane on campus. We transferred into the University of Miami together. We graduated together. And the guy knows us. He's a Jets fan. And that's going to be interesting to see what he has to say about the Jets, especially, you know, I'm probably surrounded around a whole bunch of uh, Miami Dolphins fans and listeners. But, Phil, good afternoon. How you doing, man? How you been? Hey, Mike. How you doing? It's great to have me. Thank you. Not a problem, man. It's not the first time you've been on the show, so I appreciate your time again. Um, let's get right into some things, man, because I know you wanted to talk about the quarterback situation going on with Deshaun Watson, the Texans, what's going on, where is he going to land? He's demanded a trade, and, you know, has he played his last down as a Texan or what? Well, what's really interesting here at the situation with Deshaun Watson, I would say is that he really holds all the cards in the deck right now. Mm -hmm. If he wants to play, he's deciding where he's going to play. Wow. He has a new trade clause currently, so whatever team he wants to play for, just say, for example, like the 49ers want to trade for him. Uh -huh. If he doesn't want to go there, he's going to say no to a trade there. But I think that if the Texans really try to play hardball with them and say, like, you're going to stay here no matter what, okay. we're going to see something very similar to what Carlson Palmer did when he retired until they traded him to the Raiders. Mm. Interesting. So, I mean, let me ask you something. Has there been any type of anything saying I want to play here? I mean, just from a couple of reports down here from reporters in Miami, actually, one of them said that his top destination was the Jets. Another one said that his top destination was the Dolphins. Okay. So he definitely wants to leave like Houston. That's pretty much known. He requested a trade formally now. It's, the reports are really where he wants to go. Mm -hmm. It's not 100% sure where his number one choice is. Okay. But I do really see him being on an AFC East team come wow. the next season, though. Unreal. Unreal. So you, you see him staying in conference uh, to a different division. Okay. My Niners did not make the cut for uh, Matthew Stafford, and I am absolutely devastated. I mean, that's probably the – not probably. It is the toughest division in all of football. Look at the quarterbacks in that division. You got Wilson with the Seahawks. You got Stafford with the Rams. Garoppolo is the fourth best. I mean, he's been the fourth best going into the season, but he made it to the Super Bowl last year. And then you got uh, Murray, um, yeah, uh, Kyler Murray over in Arizona. So um, that division is, you know, strong with quarterbacks, and it's going to be a bloodbath over there. But um, if he does make his way over to the Jets, what are you guys looking at giving up? I can I honestly, I can personally see the Jets giving up that number two overall pick, Oof. the second first-round pick that they got from the Seahawks. Next year's number one that we own, and potentially a 2023 first-round pick. What's interesting to see is what's going to happen with Sam Darnold, what they're going to be able to get for him. Mm -hmm. Adam Schefter reported recently that they could get a first-round pick for Sam Darnold. Okay. So if that's the case, then you'll have about six first-round picks in three years. So they have more than enough ammo to go after oh, him if they want him. Okay. Let me ask you this. As a Jets fan, is that, is that cringeworthy? Is that too much? You're giving up too much? You're giving up the farm, the house, kitchen sink? No? Yes, maybe? I mean, here's the way I see it. Deshaun Watson on the Jets would be the Jets' best quarterback of all time, even better than <laughs> Joe Namath, talent-wise. Okay. Okay. Like you're you're really not going to get a quarterback better than Deshaun Watson, and the way I see it too, you have to bet on if they do go the route of Sam Darnold saying or drafting a quarterback, you have to bet on them becoming a top five quarterback because okay. that's how good Deshaun Watson is. Right. So it's I would take the sure thing if it was me if I was the GM just because franchise quarterbacks are so rare 
especially in today's NFL, and to get one that's 25 at a contract that's undervalued mm-hmm. would really be a steal long-term because you can have a quarterback for upwards. I mean, look at how old Tom Brady is playing now, and that's coming from like a time that was a lot different than maintaining your body is now. So just being able to play that long, it's worth it. Because what's honestly, if you're losing a whole slate of first-round picks for like two years, right. that's worth having a quarterback for 15, especially a top-five quarterback. Yeah, yeah, no, good point. You're right. I mean, listen, I, I, I can't imagine what the Jets would look like with Deshaun Watson. Um, I do know that you know, it's, it, it's in every sport, you know, the mentality of the basketball team, football team, baseball team, whatever the case is, is a reflection of its coach. And you guys got a good one, man. Robert Saleh making a move over from San Francisco. My Niners coming over to the East Coast. If you guys aren't playing your hearts out, then, I mean, I'd be very surprised. That dude, you got a good one, and it hurts to see him go. But um, keeping the quarterback conversation going, let's talk about the quarterback rankings coming into coming into this draft. We all know... Fields and, and, and Lawrence, and you got, what's his name, over at, uh, what is it, uh, BYU? Um, it was Zach Wilson Zach at BYU. Wilson. Talk to me about how you're rating these guys, man. Sure. So, I mean, number one is by far Trevor Lawrence, I would say. Just we've seen him play, especially in the ACC. I, I haven't seen a quarterback that good ever in my entire life. Yeah, really. Just coming in, like, even coming in from high school rankings, it's funny, the first year I ever worked on, like, the paper was the first year of them coming out of college or coming mm-hmm. out of high school, Lawrence and Fields. So I got to see that firsthand, like, the recruiting cycle for them, praying that Fields didn't end up at Florida State, but luckily Jimbo left. So, <laughs> But I would say he's up and away the number one. He's going to be the number one pick. Urban Meyer pretty much, like, tipped his hand in an interview yeah. when he, like, listed his rankings. But he's going to be a Jaguar come – the first day of the draft, he's going to get picked number one overall. My number two ranking, though, is Justin Fields. I, I feel as though that he has been so over-scrutinized over the season, mm-hmm. and I really do feel like it's unfair just because of the way that the season went. Okay. People like talk about different like traits that you look for in a quarterback, right. especially if you're running like a system, like, for example, that number two overall pick. The Jets are in that LaFleur system mm-hmm. just because we took him from the 49ers. He's going to be our offensive coordinator. But what's really important is that short to intermediate accuracy and being able to lead your receivers. And Justin Fields is one of the most accurate quarterbacks I've ever seen play in right. college, which is like definitely interesting to see. It's going to be interesting to see, too, just because of how his leadership is. Mm-hmm. If you remember when the season started this season, the Big Ten wasn't going to play football. Right. And because of Justin Fields starting the petition, they were actually able to get the season going. Very true. Yeah, there was a whole thing. I mean, the Big Ten was a mess this offseason and kind of throughout the season. I mean, they were in and out. We're playing. We're not playing. We don't know if we're going to play. And then, you know, they changed the rules in the middle of the game as to how many games you have to win and or play to even make it to the conference championship game. So they were a mess all throughout the year. Is the gap between one and two a big one for you or are they neck and neck? I would say it's it's a pretty decent sized gap just because of how good Trevor Lawrence is. Like if it was any other year, Justin Fields would be the number one overall pick. Okay. He just got unlucky that he's in the same class as Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> That's funny, man. But I, I do see them, though, going number two overall and, like, really being successful, both of those, like, two quarterbacks, just really continuing and being great. I hear you. Um, 
let's move on because I had a couple of things that I wanted to talk to you about. And I mean, you you are like one of the better NFL minds that I follow on Twitter, and we've met, and it's not the first time on the show. So, um, I mean, where to begin, man? Let's talk. Let's talk this season and overall picture. Did this season kind of play out how you anticipated going in? Because I'll tell you one thing. I, going into the season, didn't think that my preseason pick coming out of the NFC was not the Bucks. I don't think they're, even right now, they're still the best uh, team in the NFC. I don't think so. I, I don't see it that way. I, I don't know why nobody was giving love to the Seahawks. I really don't. And I'm not saying that because I'm a Niners fan. I'm saying it because, did you see the moves that they were making in the offseason? They were they were in win now mode you talk about also oh, yeah. talk about adams you talk about um they made a move for for uh i forgot the defensive end in the middle in the middle of the season they were going all out for it right now and then russell wilson started off on a hot streak that loss to the rams in the playoff really threw me and um i had either them and the niners and i was not counting out the saints i really thought that breeze was going to have our last hurrah there but um not the bucks and for several reasons because yeah, everything about Brady is great. I like him. And just about uh, just the other day, I don't know if you saw this. He was talking about uh, saying uh, he was talking about saying I'm sorry, talking about playing past the age of 45. Not sure if you caught that, but I just didn't think everything was going to gel that fast for them. And I still don't think, like I said, they're the best team in the NFC. Do I think they can win Sunday's game? Yes. And do I think they're going to win if they come out and if if KC plays? you know, this whole game of, oh, we got to catch up and play. If They're not going to do that against Tom Brady. I don't think – I think that if Casey goes down double digits, I don't think they're coming back from that. I get that that offense gets going and it's like an avalanche, but I don't think it's going to happen against this team. But um, I'm rambling here. How did this season go off – go on for you, man? Was it surprising? I mean, what was, what was surprising about it? I mean, I would just say the most surprising things was just the disparity that we saw between, like, the really good teams and the really bad teams. I feel like because of COVID, that really made it a lot easier to call out those teams early uh. that you knew didn't have a chance. So all season, those like top teams were really beating each other up. I mean, we saw the Packers play like the Buccaneers already. We saw like yes. all these matchups pretty much before. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really just like a season that we knew who the top teams were. It was just deciding who was going to be ready for that moment. Got it. I mean, if you look at like the Buccaneers right now, I mean, you have Tom Brady, who's one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game. You have Rob Gronkowski, who has experience working with Tom Brady. So I feel like the synergy between them and all the guys that came to Tampa right. Bay really was important for them to gel quicker just because they knew what to expect from Tom. Right. Also, Bruce Arians is a top-level coach, too. He is. He and then is. what was important, though, I think, for the Buccaneers was that that defense gelled at the right time just because of how great of a coordinator Todd Bowles is. Right, right. And that's another thing. We all know that in sports, the best team doesn't always win, but the hottest team wins. And you said it. That defense is gelling at the right time. We saw this a couple times with Brady when he went up against the Giants. The Giants were, you know, they won, what was it, all their road games. They were a wild card team. They go to Tampa Bay. They win. And I'm talking about the first year that they beat the Patriots. The Giants had a Green Bay game in the cold. In the cold. That was a great game. And, I mean, Eli was clutch, but that defense, they got hot. Uh, that offense got hot. They beat the Patriots with rushing four guys, which is every quarterback's kryptonite. I get it. If you don't have to send a fifth guy, but that's how the Giants won twice against the Patriots. That's how the Eagles won. They they won with sending four guys only, and this defense is getting hot for Tampa Bay. Um, I'm not so – I haven't made a pick for Sunday, but I'm probably going to go – with the Bucks, and that'll be the first time that a home a team hosts the Super Bowl 
you know, in, in, in history. And it would be crazy if the greatest quarterback of all time, if you're talking stats, at least wins that game. Who do you got on Sunday? Me, I really think that the Chiefs are going to end up winning. And the reason for that is I feel as though that there's something to prove for Patrick Mahomes. Mm. I feel like just mm-hmm. – Good point. Go ahead. Defense. Just from experience, I know, like, the system that they ran just because Todd Bowles was the Jets' old coach. Right. So a big weakness that happens is tight ends and also, like, little swing passes Mm -hmm. can really, like, affect you, like, bad. And I really feel like that the Chiefs can really exploit that. And as long as those guys up front on defense so the Chiefs can get in and do interior pressure to Brady, that's all you really need to do to get that game going and really start it rolling. Because if they get off to a fast start, either team, I feel like the game's going to be over. I hear you. I hear you. I hear that. Well, we'll see, man. Sunday, 6.30 in Tampa Bay. Wonder what the crowd's going to be like. The AFC Championship game had a hell of a crowd, and I was shocked to see that, uh, you know, especially with the current conditions we have globally, nationally. But um, we'll see what the crowd is like there. But, Phil, man, um, hasn't been the last time. I'm sorry, was it the first time? Won't be the last time, and we're going to do this again uh, next time, maybe next week, or we'll talk about the Super Bowl Something they'll talk about off season or when, whenever Deshaun Watson has his destination. How about that? We'll, we'll, we'll have another show. Absolutely, that sounds great. Awesome, man. Thanks for your time. For I really appreciate it, ladies and gentlemen. Stick around. We got Ryan Leaf on the other side of the break. You're listening to the Michael McCoy Show on Sirius XM Channel 145 Slam Radio. Hey, look what I found! A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. I get it. Your desk has been there for you, holding up your computer, your unused stapler, and that plant you forgot to water. But maybe it's time to leave your desk and spend your lunch break volunteering with Meals on Wheels. Doing Meals on Wheels for me is the joy that I look for at the end of my week. I'll come to the door with one meal and I'll walk away with a full heart. Drop off a warm meal and get more than you expect. Volunteer at americaletsdolunch.org. That's americaletsdolunch.org. Brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. Man, I love my kids so much. I once sat for three hours in the cold rain to watch her soccer team lose by 18 goals. I love my kids so much, I once used a tube to suck snot out of her stuffed nose at 3 a.m. You win. Love your kids? Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat. From toddlers to tweens, visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to find the right seat for their age and size. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. We'll be back with the Michael McCoy Show on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. Who, me? Text and whatever. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. Good morning, amigo. Josh Gordon is suspended after his fiasco for violating terms of conditional reinstatement. He tried to play that one off by saying, I'm going to step down. All of a sudden, it caught up to him mighty fast. He failed the drug test, didn't he? And he was predicting he was having mental health problems by virtue of knowing he was in trouble. No, he knew they were about to knock on his door, which is he wasn't able to run out of the house fast enough. They're going to knock on his door? or would they, I mean, could they at least ring the doorbell? Let me describe this to you. Frank, oh, oh yeah. Oh, I... That, that, that's uh, scaringly accurate. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. 
My mother was always very active and independent, and she was familiar with her neighborhood. But one day, she stopped at the stop sign for much longer than usual. She wasn't even really sure where she was at. It's important for you to talk to someone about it. I felt so much better after my son told me, Mom, we'll figure it out. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash ourstories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. If it wasn't for Michael Jordan getting cut from his ninth grade basketball team, he wouldn't have became Michael Jordan. <laughs> you know, if it wasn't for, uh, I seen an, an article the other day where they were talking about Oprah Winfrey and how she got fired because she wasn't good for television. You know, you got people like Walt Disney who got fired, if I'm not mistaken, from a newspaper saying he had no imagination. So what do you tell him? You tell him, you know? You know that, that all they can do is learn and come back bigger, better, stronger, because all it's going to do is lead you in the right direction. See, if you're always winning, then you don't really understand what it is to win. You, you got to take those losses. You got to take those hits. There's got to be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs. In order for you to, when it does happen, you go, wow, rico. You know, this is what it's all about. And not only that, it's never about making it, guys. It's always about maintaining it. That's the toughest part. On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. This is WWE Superstar The Big Show, and you're listening to Slam Radio. For every sport of every kind, tune in here where you will find. And now we're back with The Michael McCoy Show on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Yeah, so it's been a good show so far. A lot of fun. First time in studio with the Michael McCoy Show on uh, Sirius XM Channel 145 Slam Radio. First time in studio since last March on campus at the University of Miami. Thanks again, guys. It's been a lot of fun. But to close out the show, guys, an interview that I've really want to do for a while. I saw him uh, tweet something last a week or maybe two weeks ago, and it caught my attention because, I mean, how can you not be rooting for uh, individuals that had, a, you know, maybe like a checkered past or something on – uh, in that, you know, something of that sort, and they are, they're, they're a model citizen now, like, and I'm talking about Ryan Leaf, man, if you guys don't follow him on Twitter, you should, and um, it, it's just an awesome story that he has right now, because he, everybody knows him as the second overall pick in the 1998 NBA, I'm sorry, NFL draft, didn't play, <laughs> didn't play basketball, definitely didn't play basketball in college, um, for Washington State under Mike Price, uh, was a Heisman Trophy finalist. We all know that he got into some stuff. And so um, he tweeted something a couple weeks ago. And I want to read it to you because um, it's inspiration, man. It really is inspirational. And when anytime you have a chance to talk to someone that is open about, you know, any mistakes that they may have made, but they're the, on, the, on the other side of the spectrum right now. You just got to listen. And so I wanted to welcome... Mr. Leaf to the show. Thank you very much for calling. I'm assuming you're in California, so you're probably three hours behind. So good morning to you, Ryan. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, it's a beautiful, sunny day here in uh, Southern California. 
Awesome. Same here, Miami. Uh, our winter, it, it actually hit 44 last night where I was. That was kind of crazy. So you're thinking, bundle up, right? <laughs> you come out in the morning and it's like 80, so it's kind of crazy. But thank you again for lending your time to the Michael McCoy Show. Really appreciate that. Um, I wanted to, to get right into things because, Ryan, man, people uh, know you as the second overall pick in 1998 NBA, I keep saying NBA draft, <laughs> NFL draft. But, and then they kind of, don't know anything else after that. And I was one of those people until I started paying attention to you on Twitter. And I think your story is absolutely remarkable. I wanted to ask you about something that I retweeted. And I'm going to go ahead and, and read it for you. Uh, not five days ago. I have it right here. This is on January 26, ladies and gentlemen. Ryan Leaf tweeted, uh, a clean drug addict is a strong soul. Most humans are never faced with losing everything and then fighting every day for a better life. Addicts who serve, I'm sorry, who survive addiction and make a comeback are badass. Hashtag sober life. Hashtag uh, it takes what it takes. Hashtag I got your back. Ryan, can you tell us about your your story and what was it that made you say, you know what, I, I got to kind of turn things around, whether it be my family, myself, my health, because there's a lot of people out there that say, you know what, he's Ryan Leaf. He had the means. He had people that in his corner that wanted to see him succeed. So I'm different. I'm never going to be able to do it like him. What do you say to somebody that's listening that may be in that situation? Well, I, I just I tell them the story, right, that uh, I, I walked out of a prison cell with, uh, with no money. I couldn't rub two pennies together. I didn't have any jobs. Everybody who uh, said they were my friend had, had left me when things got tough. I had my family, you know, they're they, the people that unconditionally love you. Right. And I had found in prison a foundation of being of service to others. Okay. And that was going to have to be at the heart of it. So it's ironic to think on how to help yourself the most is to help others, but it truly is. It, it builds a foundation. And, and 2020 was so difficult for everybody right. that I just looked at 2021 as an opportunity where you can control the narrative. You know, you can't control what's going on around you, but you can control what you do. And so I really made an effort to, to kind of refocus that, that effort uh, around the recovery side of things okay. uh, to help people who, who have struggled in 2020 and uh to make them make the best of uh, of this next year right. and uh, i think we've started out on the right foot and and i hope 2021 is just a, a magical year for everybody absolutely no and listen when uh people are in a certain situation where they have uh where they find themselves in a position where they kind of they have to come back they have to you know bounce back from whatever adversity having someone that's been there done that i mean I mean, it, it, to me, it's, it speaks volumes to hear it, especially if you can, you know, speak to these people in person or whatever the case is, telephone, just having a voice. Um, I think that's a big deal. So I commend you on that. You have a uh, Pac-12 football podcast with Jonathan Rifkind um, over on the Believe Network. Other than that, what are you doing to kind of help serve the community uh, for people that are maybe uh, recovering addicts of, you know, maybe drugs or maybe alcoholism? Well, I, I travel the country and I and I speak to communities and uh, and try to give back in that way. COVID has has pretty decimated that. Okay. Uh, we've tried to do some things virtually, but uh, um, I found to the best way to to do that is to continue with my platform. I, I work with SiriusXM, NFL Radio, and and ESPNU, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, you know, and um, I'm, I'm releasing my uh, my podcast bust here in the next few weeks. Cool. 
and uh, it's essentially uh, a testimonial uh, by me and my my voice, my story um, that anybody can use to help. And to your point, it it's so it's so imperative to be able to relate to somebody. For me, yes. it was Chris Heron, right? I got out of prison, and, and Chris Heron's story for me was really inspirational and motivational in terms of a guy who lived a very public life, okay. uh, got sober, uh, found a found a new way of life, a new a new purpose, and and directed towards that. So uh, he's been a, a great influence of mine. Uh, anybody really who's who's lived a sober life in the public eye, I think, has been it's been hugely beneficial for me. And I've just kind of followed in those footsteps and tried to do the next right thing. I'm not a, you know, I'm not a, you know, unflawed human being. I'm exactly that. I'm a flawed human being, like everybody else, just trying to be better every day. And I think that's what makes it so relatable. You're listening to the Michael McCoy Show on Sirius XM Channel 145 Slam Radio. I'm joined by Ryan Leaf. You know him as maybe, uh, you know, the second overall pick in the 1998 NFL draft. Uh, at the end of this interview, hopefully you know him as somebody that is trying to help m- change the course of certain uh, of people that have made certain decisions in their life because he's been there, he's done that. Ryan, I wanted to ask you, man, uh, in terms of, like, can you have someone that realized they made a mistake? Like, what was the turning point for you? Like, I mean, I see this tweet here. Actually, I'm answering my own question. On October, I'm sorry, April 1st, 2020, you, what I'm assuming is your beautiful son, took a picture of, and uh, it says, eight years ago today, I woke up on the floor of a, of a prison cell. You can't go back and, you know, you know, change the beginning, but you can start where you are and change the ending. There is hope, hashtag sober life, eight years sober. Um, for you, like you said, it was your family because you had friends that, you know, they weren't there like they used to be. But was it more of, you know, I got to do this for my family or I got to do this for, for myself because it starts with you. But then you always have to have something like a goal to look forward to. Like, you know, I love both of my sons. And so, you know, my four-year-old, he just turned four. My nine-month-old, he's going on like 19 years old. <laughs> but um, was it your boys for you? Was it, was it, was it yourself? Like, how did you say, this, this is what I have to do? Well, you don't realize it when it's happening. You just you start taking one step in front of the other is what happens. Okay. And, okay. Um, and then when you're when you're outside it, when you're where I'm at right now, you can look back from thirty thousand feet and see exactly the moment. And wow. that and, and I talked about how uh, it was uh, being of service to others. My my roommate uh, in prison was a Afghan and Iraqi war veteran, wow. and uh, he uh, he wasn't he wasn't resolute with who he'd become and who he was supposed to be in there. And he tried to better himself every single day. And finally, one day he had enough of my attitude, I guess. And he (laughs) confronted me and said, let's, uh, let's go down to the prison library and help prisoners who don't know how to read, learn how to read. And, uh, I can't tell you why I did it. You know, I've had many of those come to Jesus mentor moments in my life, but, um, I went and there were a group of men who were, uh, in a place where you're supposed to show no vulnerability, be very vulnerable wow. and ask for help. And that changed my perspective on things. So I really, I know now that's where it started. Okay. But if I don't come back the next day and the next day after that and continue that, once I get out, uh, none of this, none of this is uh, uh, happening for me in my life. I so hear. that's where it started. But then the, the follow through and continue to be of service to others has to be the foundation uh, which changes your perspective on how on how you go about things. 
Was there ever a moment that it was tough saying, I, I, I want to do this, I want to get my life back on track, but it's hard. Did you ever have a, a moment where you kind of maybe said, I don't know if I could do this? Yeah, every day, right? Every day you just like, I, I don't, I don't like the way I'm feeling, you know, you start having those emotions again. The reason why I, I took those damn pills is because I didn't want to feel anything. Right. It's uh, it's opiates are a painkiller. They're exactly what they are. They, they kill your pain. Wow. And I, you know, the ability to sit in your feelings and feel angry, uh, fear, judgment, you know, anxiety, all those things, that's, that's a difficult thing. And mm-hmm. in our country, people are pretty much taught to numb that away. So yeah. those that are able to actually uh, sit in those feelings, address them in a healthy, positive way, those, those people are badass. And yes. uh, I had to become that person. You know, if you thought you were badass because you made it to the NFL. That, that has nothing on uh, trying to come out of the, uh, the depths of, uh, of addiction and mental health disease. It's, that's, that's the real champions. And there's a ton of ton of individuals in this country that are fighting that fight and that's why we continue to to try to help all we can i agree and i mean i think it's really important to have somebody i mean we talked about it, you know earlier i don't mean to beat a dead horse but somebody to kind of i don't want to say hold your hand but somebody you could look into and say you know what he or she's doing it i can too um a lot of people are looking up to you you mentioned the person that you kind of uh you know saw that was going through a struggle and helped you out. And then, of course, your family. you got to have a, a backing to do it. But um, it's just an awesome story all around, and I'm really thankful that you're in, imparting some knowledge on the other side of it for people that may be listening who are saying, yeah, but that's Ryan Leaf. I don't know. He had help. No. I think it's more about just figuring out where you're at, opening up, and like you said, every day is going to be different, but you gotta, you got to take the first step. Yeah, those you know individuals that think they're unique—they're not. We're we're exactly the same. I mm-hmm. I didn't have anything. Uh, you know, I, I, like I said, I uh, I had uh, you know, I was 38 years old. I had no money. I had no job opportunities. Uh, my credit score was like 500. I was sleeping on my parents' couch. Um, you know, I there was nothing. Right. Uh, I walked in and took a job uh, after I went down and sought treatment for 15 bucks an hour. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's just, it's, you feel a whole different kind of value when you're doing the next right thing. I don't care where you come from. There and you go. If I can do go. this, if I can do this, anybody can do this. That's, that's the important thing. You guys are strong as hell. And I want you to know that there's a solution out there. This is, this is awesome. And I'm glad that we're talking about this. Like everybody, when I told people, Hey, look, I'm having, don't tell anybody, but talking to Ryan Leaf. Oh man, ask him about it. I'm like, no, like that's not that's not what we're getting at. There's way more to Ryan Leaf than just uh, you know, the years he spent in the NFL or whatever you know about him. No, it, it's not about that. So, I really appreciate that. But um I did want to uh talk about some pigskin and maybe get your uh opinion a little bit on the game on Sunday, but even before that, obviously you played at Washington State, Pac-12 football, you're a big Pac-12 guy. I'm a Hurricane, just graduated last uh this past December, um, let's talk about some Pac-12 football, man, because of the simple fact that the Big Ten gets a lot of love. You got the SEC that gets a lot of love. Not so much the ACC because it's pretty much run by Clemson. But um, what, what, what are we supposed to expect? Uh, I know it's early, but Pac-12 football related. Tell me what's going on over there on the West Coast. Well, the biggest news this offseason has been uh, uh, the re- resignation of uh, – of 
of our commissioner, our Pac-12 commissioner, right. and uh, we're, we're going to have a new one for the first time uh, since the inception of the of the conference, wow. and that's going to be a big deal um, uh, on how the how the conference is going to be shaped, uh, what the narrative looks like moving forward in terms of equality uh, in in the national landscape. Um, you know, because the Pac-12 has lost some relevancy. It really has okay. not being involved in the college football playoff. The Big Ten has really has uh, Ohio State, the ACC has Clemson, and, and Alabama has thoroughly dominated the SEC. So <laughs> yeah. well, when you're talking about, uh, when you're talking about uh, conference dominance, the Pac-12 just hasn't had it. We've been pretty, uh, from top to bottom, as competitive as anybody. Mm-hmm. But it, you need somebody to dominate. You need a team that can lead you out of the darkness. And uh, usually that was USC for us, and they've had a few down years. So it will be an interesting season. I don't know what next year is going to look like still. COVID right. still is running wild here in California on the oh, West man. Coast. Uh, unless it, you know, is, is checked, uh, we could have a very different-looking season once again in 2021. We here in Miami, <clears throat> excuse me, we, we like to keep an eye out on uh, Mar- Mario Cristobal. Well, he's doing it out in Oregon, obviously, because he won two national championships here in the early 90s, late 80s, early 90s, and he's the head coach over at Oregon, a guy that – Brought FIU football, that's a bad word around here, but I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> FIU football, um, took him to a bowl, won it. Um, would that be maybe the team? Because I know USC, like you said, is the team that normally holds the, uh, holds the flag for the conference. But right now, maybe Oregon is that team to, to look at, especially after maybe the last couple of years? Definitely. He is. Well, they've won back-to-back Pac-12 championships. So uh, he just got an extension. He's a heck of a coach they have. The second most today's National Signing Day. They yep. have the second most four, four and five star recruits. Nineteen of them on their 2021 recruiting Oof. class. That is exceptional. They have put themselves in a great position recruiting wise. Now it's a, a matter of doing it on the field. Uh, just hired a new defensive coordinator, okay. Tim DeRuiter from Cal, who has been ex, you know exceptional down there, uh, especially at the linebacker position. See if he can translate into greatness with Noah Sewell in year two. It's right. good. It's they're, they're definitely the cream of the crop. Um, they will be um, tested in week two next year if they're able to play the non-conference. They go to Columbus, play Ohio State in the horseshoe uh, the second week of the season. That will be a true test to see where Oregon stands yes. nationally when they battle that team. Okay. All right. And before we go, uh, producer was just in my ear telling me I got a little bit over a minute to go. I, wanna, I wanted to ask this to you as an icebreaker. Kind of forgot I was excited to ask you, you know, everything else that we talked about. But I got a buddy of mine, and he's in a chat. His name is Max. And when I told him that I'm bringing you on the show, he said, oh, okay. He said, ask him. And I have no idea where this is going. <laughs> he said, ask Ryan about wheels. And I said, wheels? Who's wheels? He said, just ask him about wheels. And I'm, so here I am asking about wheels. Max says he's a good family friend, and he wanted me to ask you about wheels. So what's, what's wheels, Ryan? I, you know what? I'm I'm lost. I don't know what. Uh, I think you're talking about Wheelahan. Wheelahan. Oh, Craig Wheelahan. Yeah, Wheelahan. Uh, he told me to ask you he about was, wheels. He was, and... he was he was a he was a teammate of mine my rookie year in uh, in San Diego. He was a a quarterback um, from the University of Pacific. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And and uh, yeah, I you know I haven't uh, uh, I haven't heard from him or heard heard about him for almost. 21 years. That's crazy. Haven't heard that name in a long time. <laughs> he asked me to ask you, but I said, okay, I'll ask him if it gets bad, if it turns like it's bad, I'm blaming you, but 
Um, I just wanted <laughs> to ask about that. But Ryan, thank you very, very much. I can't tell you how much I appreciate you taking the time out of your day to call in, you know, across the country. And you guys are, you know, three hours behind over there. But uh, keep an eye on his podcast, guys. Uh, he's over on Believe. Uh, the podcast name again, Ryan, is what is it called? Believe in the Pac-12. Believe in the Pac-12. Awesome. All right, then. Um, ladies and gentlemen, that's, that's Ryan Leaf. And again, Ryan, thank you very much for your time. Ladies and gentlemen, we're out of time here on the Michael McCoy Show for the first time live in studio. And um, we'll be back same time. Well, not same time, same place next week, but definitely next week. Uh, keep it locked on 145 Channel 145 Sign Radio. and opinions expressed on The Michael McCoy Show are entirely those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Slam Radio.